One, two, three, four, I'm testing. Look, I'm the one asking questions here. Okay. Let me see your palms. Have you been in any trouble lately? Um, I did leave the toilet seat up last week. Have you ever been arrested? No, ma'am. Hmm. You know there's a warrant out for your arrest. Did you see those in my palm? I'm a detective. You've uh, been under arrest. I'm taking oh, you downtown. Uh, seems that I left my handcuffs in the car. I'll be right back.
just didn't have none. So we did it anyways. I drank the vinegar, so I was straight. Everything was cool. Because vinegar kills fire. Yes. Wait, who the hell told you to drink vinegar though? He did. And you believe him? I didn't get pregnant.
Yo! As I remove this overlay so I, so you all can see my golden face, boom, here I am. Yo, welcome to yet another episode of ADQ's Renaissance. I'm your host with the most, keeping it 100 for coast to coast. Through God, I boast ADQ. It is Sunday, June 27th. 2021 it is a beautiful hot day yes you want to know what i think about the weather it's beautiful but it's hot it is very hot i walked outside and i thought i was going to turn into a chocolate puddle it is very hot you all are tuning in to the 105th episode of adq's renaissance yo i've been going for a minute but i'm, not, but I'm back with the jump off my apologies. I know y'all miss me. I know you 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 miss my co-host Alan the Fourth Walls, but he's out here killing the game and the film and whatnot, doing incredibly uh, creative, incredibly dope things. So is the young lady that you just heard. Who are we? Who we about? Who we are going to get to very shortly? Um, for those of you who are on Facebook, yo, I am not ending my Facebook fast. My Facebook fast is still brand and in effect. So enjoy this because this is as much of ADQ as you're going to see for a long time, unless I am podcasting. Now, it's a beautiful day, and God is great. God is so great that I want to talk about God. Yo, went to church today. That's right. Yeah, I know I'm crazy, but yo, I do go to church. And yo, this scripture came my way. This scripture came my way. You ready for it? Because it's powerful. It's from second. It's from second Kings. See, there's so many kings. It's from first Kings. The first Kings, number one Kings, one Kings, chapter two, verses two through four. And it says, "I, David, is saying to Solomon, I am going where everyone on earth must someday go. Take courage and be a man." That hit me because I'm a man. Oh, I'm a man. Mm. Observe the requirements of the Lord your God and follow all his ways. Keep the decrees, commands, regulations, and laws written in the book of Moses so that you... Wow, I feel like something changed. Maybe that was that power. That power. Anyway, so that you will be successful in all you do and wherever you go. If you do this, then the Lord will keep the promise he made to me, told me. If you're descendants, I'm a descendant. Those of you who follow Tariq and she will get that. Uh, reference. I'm a descendant! Anyway, if your descendants live as they should and follow me faithfully with all their heart and soul, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. Which, in my in my view, the throne, the true throne is in Africa. Africa. Yes, Africa. Hope everybody's having a wonderful, beautiful day. I am having an incredible day. Y'all just found out that I got cast in the new creative Greensboro Goodly Frame uh, theater production of Finding Shakespeare. And guess what I'm playing? Your boy is playing Hamlet. Yes. Woo! Woo! Yeah! Uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? What else? Couple joints that I got coming up as you all on Facebook and Instagram have seen. That's all. I'll be playing Bishop Williams in the uh, film Identity. <sighs> um, I played the show. I'm already forgetting names. Um, I played 
somebody in the film Place of Places. I was in the film um, 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 Guys Night earlier this year. You know, praise God for opportunities. And I'll be playing Gandhi, Gandhi, MK Gandhi in the digital play um, 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 uh, Leo Tolstoy's Letter to a Hindu. Yo, it says so in the word to um, do not despise the days of small beginnings. It made me think, I've been thinking lately about how I've always wanted to be an actor when I was little, uh, when I was coming up, and now I'm acting. You know what I'm saying? And now I get to share the story of acting and whatnot to all of you wonderful, incredible people. Not only me, but this young lady who I am bringing upon my incredible in my in my blah, 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 in my incredible platform. This young lady was the incredibly beautiful voice that you all heard in those uh, few snips. This young lady started acting at the age of 12 in Memphis, Tennessee. See, when I think Memphis, Tennessee, I think Jerry Lawler. I all of a sudden start saying, whoop that trip. Sorry. She received her training from the Memphis Black Art Alliance. Shout out to them. She moved to, she moved to New York to continue her passions. Shout out to her for making that move. She started attending the New Federal Theater in the New Federal Theater in NYC and studied under Eric Coleman and others. She has been in plays such as For Colored Girls, Nice, Old Earth, and Community Theaters. And she has a whole website that uh, took all, that I checked out. And yo, she created a web series last year during the year that we all would like to forget called Not So Friendly. Let's just go through a couple of plays. I mean, a couple of things that she's done. Yo, she's done a film called Teacher's Choice, which she which she wrote. I just saw that scene and it resonated with me as a teacher. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the Suburban Itch. Well, I have no idea what that's about. Uh, the Eternal Miss Love. Nice, 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 nice. She's killing the game. She's killing the game. Scene of the crime. Yo, Too Grown. You have seen her in Too Grown talk about a black miss, but on BET. Yo, shout out to her. She portrayed, she was in Green, Grim Reaper. Children are forever. She was in a streetcar named Desire. She portrayed Blanche. She was in Four Color Girls and she narrated I Have a Dream. Yes. Yes, she has a she has a Bachelor of Arts in English at the University of Memphis. This young lady ain't nothing to sneeze at because she will bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to ADQ's Renaissance, Miss Georgetta Bugs. Georgia, where you at? Hey. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, witch? I like how you read everything. That was that was nice. That was that was nice. I was like, okay, keep going, keep going. Right. People at home gotta know how dope you are, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, you are presenting divine dopeness to this particular artistic plat to this particular artistic trade that mm. of which me and you both uh both um participate in and dominate. Right. right. So first of all, welcome to ADQ's Renaissance. You know, you coming to us? Are you coming to us from NYC or Memphis, Tennessee? 
I'm in Brooklyn right now, so New York. Oh, you in BK? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you said New York, you kind of sounded a little bit New Yorkish right there. Are you trying? Are you? <laughs> are you selling a Southerner's out? I'm still a Southerner at heart. Trust me. It's. I think it's because I've been here for going on five years. So it's kind of like the New Yorkers are rubbing off on me, but I'm a Memphis, Tennessee girl all day, every day. That's right, that's right. So with you, it's not all, it's all. Yes. <laughs> it's not yes, all, it's coffee. Yes, you better know it, you better know it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not dead presidents, it's whoop that tree. <laughs> Everyone always like they go to that movie anytime you talk about Memphis. It's either Elvis or uh that song with that trick. That movie was on uh, Hustle and Flow. Yep, Hustle and Flow. Well, you know, so all you gotta do is while you out there hustling and flowing each and every mm -hmm. single role that you get, mm -hmm. make sure to tell them it's hard out here for a pimp. <laughs> it probably is now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, okay, so you started acting at the age 12, right? Yes. Okay, so I got to ask you because um, I began acting at a similar age. I was 11, right? Mm -hmm. I know what got me and started acting was my mom put me in church play against my against my will. I did not want to do it. It was mm -hmm. poorly written. It was poorly mm -hmm. executed. It was everything you could hate in a church play. Mm -hmm. What was it that led you to start acting? It was my maternal grandmother, God rest her soul. She, uh, when I was like maybe five in kindergarten, she came to visit and she was telling my mom, oh, she's so animated and we should put her in acting because she always wanted to be an actress, but she never fulfilled that passion of hers. So my mother was like, oh no, she's too young. Cause you know, you always hear like these stories about these young actors growing into like people you know that need a lot of help I don't want to say too much on that but so I was probably like 10 and asking my mom oh can you please put me in acting can you please put me in acting she was like no so to make a long story short I got cast in one of the Christmas plays at my school and I had like maybe two or three lines but out of those two to three lines I want to say I nailed it I was excited I was I was begging my mother, please put me in, please put me in. So she went to some sort of like convention in Black Arts Alliance, shout out to uh, Memphis Black Arts Alliance. She was there, Miss Benny West, and they had a conversation. And you know, my mother, she was still kind of like on the edge of like not putting me in any type of acting. And Miss West was like, you know, let's just give it a try. Let's just, you know, have her test the waters. So I tested the waters and like the great say, the rest was history. So yeah. History. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I think that I think your mother, um, I can understand why she was a little I can understand why she was a little hesitant to allow you to participate because you know the, the life the life of an artist. The life of an artist is not easy. The life of a child artist. You know, I once saw a director make a child cry, so I get it. Yes. <laughs> right, right. But um, so that was a it was a really good experience for me. I was in middle school and uh I just remember being so nervous 
And my first acting teacher was Naomi Moody. And the uh, the first acting exercise she did was she had us go up and she had us stand in the center of the room and she had to say our name. So I went up there and I was like, hi guys, my name is Georgetta Bugs. I'm in seventh grade and I'm uh, about to be 13 years old. And the first thing Ms. Moody said to me was, slow down. And that was my first acting lesson was to slow it down. <laughs> you know what? You wanna know something crazy about that? What? I've learned the hard way that, I'm, that I perform in my best when I'm talking slowly, like, Mm. I am going up and doing a line. I have a tendency to do this, to talk like this, talk like that, like I'm mm. on, like I'm on some type of a crap trip or something. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that I perform at my best when I am completely calm and vulnerable. Mm. Unless I was on stage doing some very extreme things. Mm-hmm. Mm. So. So um, I think that it, I think that it's the best artists who take that constructive criticism and apply it. Yes. So what I led you to receiving a BA in English over at the University of, Mem- of Memphis? I mean, honestly, I just want to get out of there. <laughs> like, it was like, it was nothing. Like I went to school and I went in there as, I was just going just to be going, you know? And then uh, when I transferred colleges, I had, I mean, I was doing a lot. At first I was going to be, I was just going just to be going. And then I wanted to do uh, physical therapy. That didn't work out. Then I wanted to do nursing. That didn't work out because I'm just, I'm not the type of person where I, I, I have a lot of patience when it comes to like dissecting a script but I do not have a lot of patience in learning like science and like chemistry and like AP this and AMP that. That was just out of the question. So then it was psychology. Cause I'm like, you know what? I've always been very curious about how the mind works and just working with other people and trying to help other people. So then what really got me was I had a conversation with my godfather and this is when I transferred schools. And so I was like, he was like, what are you going to school for? And I said, you know what? I think I'm just going to go for criminal justice. And he was like, I mean, what is it? What, like, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, I want to be an actress. So he's like, well, why aren't you going for theater? And I was like, well, you know, my parents told me and, you know, my some other family members told me it's not like a good major to like major in or whatever. So uh, just do something that I can get a job, quote unquote. And he was like, you know, um, Denzel Washington, Kathy Bates, they all majored in English. So why don't you do that? And I was like, okay. So, you know, I talked to my mom about it. And she was like, I think that's a really good major for you because when you read, you have to, when you major in English, you're going to have to read a lot. When you're an actress, you have to read a lot. You're going to get thrown scripts left and right. You need to know how to dissect the scripts. You need to know if this is good content. You need to know. And then on top of that, it also helped me with uh, the writing aspect of like what I'm doing right now um, and what I did do in terms of writing my own uh, material. So that is kind of how like the English degree kind of worked. It was kind of like, let me just get something. But then in the long run, 
when I really kind of like sat and figured it out, I was like, you know, this actually helped me because I was in the process of, you know, reading uh, literature as my Aunt Mary would always say. I was in the process of like writing and just kind of really getting into like the nitty gritty of like a book. And overall, that really helped me. So that's how the English degree came about compared to all the other uh, things that I wanted to do because I wanted to be like 10 things. Because <laughs> I just, I really didn't know. But the thing that got me was basically my godfather said, what is it that you want to do? And I, and I told him, and he said, I think the best thing to do besides majoring in theater is to get an English degree. So that being said, that's how it happened. That is the best thing to do because if you go for a degree in theater, mm-hmm. you will not be able to live any type of normal life. Mm-hmm. Your life is school, <clears throat> Jimmy John's sandwich, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, school, Jimmy, John, Jimmy John's sandwich, mm-hmm. energy drink, coffee, theater. Yeah. It's a lifestyle, and it's a lifestyle that that I try to live as an adult student that didn't work out for me because, you know, I was an adult student. But as far as you go, I'm seeing kind of like a, I'm seeing kind of like a pattern here. Um, parents were saying, ooh, let's play it safe, let's play it safe, let's play it safe. But you had kind of like a, kind of like a go-get-it energy that was, very deep down inside of you that you were just itching to uh, express. Uh, mm-hmm. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, I think it was um, a lot of it was my inner child. You know, they there was this actor in Memphis. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but he said something to me one day and he was like, never let your inner child die. And so that was like that was like my aha moment, like Oprah would say. And I was like, you know what? Regardless of what, it, I don't know. I, I, to answer the question, I just feel like it was the inner child in me that always made me go for my goals and not really care what other people had to say. Because it was just, you know, I think being a person of color and being a woman and being in the South, you know, you always want to have like a safe, a safety route, like a plan B. And like, I've always been taught in a sense to go after your dreams, regardless of, you know, what it is. And uh, so I just kind of listen, like still to this day, I'm 29 years old and I still listen to my inner child. And um, I think that's one of the best things to do as an artist because your inner child is the one that really just kind of wants the best for you and really just wants it to work out. And then there's another thing is, Will Smith said, never have a plan B. And if I were to listen to my parents, even though I love them, (laughs) I would still, you know, I would probably be not where I am right now in terms of like my acting goals and stuff, so. Your dad gonna sure wanna be on BET talking about Black Mitzvah. (laughs) I would be watching it. I I know I would be watching that show, yeah, so. um, Yeah, and I'm like, Blessed are those, blessed are those who um, dream big and actually pursue the dream versus dream big and watch the dream happen and float them by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it happens. It, it happens more than you think because you know you think of artistry, 
and they always have this thing of, you know, if you don't make it by 25, you're not going to make it. Or, you know, if you don't live in a big city, you're not going to make it. You know, they have all these like uh, stigmas of that. And I just feel like, again, you got to listen to your inner child. And you really have to have people who've done it and be surrounded by those people. And you'll just soar. And I call BS on that. I call BS on that um, ideology because I'm 35 and I'm still chasing. I know Hello. I'm Yes. Hello. That's all. A lot of people made it in their 30s, 40s, 50s. So that to me is nothing. Like, you know, like Taraji P. Henson says, because, you know, I love a good quote. <laughs> she she was drop, telling us. We dropped drop a good quote left and right. <laughs> like, she said something that really registered to me. I think I was 25 and, you know, I kind of felt that way too. And she won an award and she said that when she was 26, she moved to California with her son. She graduated and a lot of people just kind of like looked down on her, you know, for being a young mother and wanting to go out for this dream. And years later, you know, she had her big moment on uh, Empire. And now she's just a legend. So I just, I don't really, like you said, I don't believe in that ideology of if you don't make it by a certain time, you're just not going to make it. So. My personal opinion is Empire was not her big moment. The curious, okay. uh, the curious, uh, the, oops, Benjamin Button was her big moment. Oh, when it sure was. Yeah. Even though she had, though she had moments that, no. she had big moments that led up to that. Yeah, she was known. Yeah, like I first saw Taraji P. Hansen when I was, I mean, when she was in Baby Boy. I hate Tyrese to this very day for what he did to Taraji in that. Um, also, um, also seeing her in Hustling Flow, you know, but enough about Taraji. We talking about you. We talking about your yeah. So, um, so a lot of people, a lot of people say, a lot of people are uh, from here in the South. You know, I'm from North Carolina, you're from Tennessee. A lot of people are hesitant to move up North to pursue their dreams. Please walk people, walk people through the process of going from the, going from um, the security blanket that is the South Mm-hmm. to the mean streets of NYC in search of a dream. Okay, so um, I'm a big believer in manifestation. Um, I'm also uh, a big believer in moving, like having a secure place to move. So the process that I went through was a manifestation process. Basically, I wrote a letter to God and I asked him what I wanted and I asked him when I wanted it. And, you know, he prepared me for it, but that's another story for another day. And uh, I was applying to jobs out in New York. And uh, there's this organization called AmeriCorps. And AmeriCorps is basically you are contracted through a school. You work for about 10 months. They give you a stipend. And on top of that, they pay for your uh your uh, either your education expenses or your student loans. 
So I ended up applying to be a teaching artist. And so with that, uh, it also gave me a stipend to move. So I feel like if you are going to go around moving to any city to pursue your dreams, always have, uh, always look for a job that either will pay for you to move um, and a job that may pay for your student loans. And then also in terms of make sure you have a good amount saved up or, you know, parents that will help you with the process of moving because it's definitely not, uh, it's not cheap, but it, it can definitely be easy. Um, so manifestation, making sure that you have, you know, a secure bank account and uh, you're not living in a shoebox, even though I wouldn't have my like living in a shoebox because that was just the least of my words. Um, but also roommates, is a good thing to have. I know. Listen. <laughs> but listen, your first year in New York City or at LA or even Atlanta, because I heard Atlanta is getting like super pricey, is get you some roommates to help you cut the cost of living. So basically what I did was, oh, I lived, uh, I've been living here at the same apartment. And I had roommates, so that helped me uh, cut the cost. And you just start, like, you literally just start hustling. My first night in New York, I got on, I signed up for Backstage. I went to the library the next day because I didn't have a laptop or anything. You just start applying for auditions. You start looking up auditions. Like, you just don't play around. You just have to have that, like, hustle mentality. Um, and, you know, just, I, I think as the years go by, it gets, like, much easier for you. But that was the process of me like just talking to God about it, kind of working in silence, not telling people your plans, because I didn't do any of that. The week that I was moving to New York, that's when I told people. Because you know, you have a lot of naysayers, you have a lot of people that like to talk down on your dreams, you have a lot of people. Because you know, like way before that, I heard it all like, oh, it's expensive, or how are you gonna manage to live? How are you gonna do this and that? So that would be my suggestion is manifest, ask God, don't tell anybody, try to get a secure job before you move. Um, look for roommates, they have apps and stuff like that. Join AmeriCorps and uh, yeah, and as soon as you get down, <laughs> you just start hustling. <laughs> I, I, I hear you on the trust me. But, uh, yeah. I've had many roommates over the course of my 35 years on this earth. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> each and every one of them I once I wanted to you know kill at some point in some way mm. so so yeah I don't uh, my, my next roommate gonna be my wife <laughs> my room my next roommate is gonna be someone who I could be naked around and not feel weird okay so I'm here for it alright so okay um you said the whole manifestation, writing the letter to God and watching it manifest. That's a whole nother story for another day. But this is your hour, Queen. Mm -hmm. You gotta share for us, for us faith-based dreamers out there now. Okay. So tell me, um, I believe in um I believe in writing something down and uh, it's, 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 it goes with the scripture uh, Habakkuk 11 and 1 where it says write the vision make it plain and then a couple verses later it says 
where that vision is away for a certain time. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. <clears throat> um, how do you, how did you like channel your own faith to believe that God was going to open that door for you? Because I'll tell you this. I believe that we all have God-like energy inside of us. I mean, one of my favorite scriptures, we are made in the image of God. We have God inside of us. Therefore, we have God, we have God-like abilities. God just walked out in the darkness and said, yo, let there be light. Clap on. There it was, right? Mm -hmm. So we all have the ability to speak our lives as we feel, as, you know, we want to be so tell me how did that work for you um it was i think it's a belief system kind of like what you were saying it, it's just nothing but really believing in yourself and just taking the bull by its horns and just going with it i think around that time i just graduated from college not too long and then i turned 25 and i was at a job that i didn't too much care for and I just remember saying my little prayers to God, like, God, please get me out of here. And God listened because I got fired the next week. <laughs> so, you're, so, you're fired. Yeah, I got fired the next week. And so I was like, I wasn't, it, you know, like at the time I was staying with my mom, I didn't have to really pay any bills. Well, I didn't have to pay bills, you know, so it's not like it, I was hurting for it. But at the same time, it's like, oh, okay, God, you're listening. I see you. And so basically, I, I just think it's a certain level of understanding in the relationship that you have with God or the universe or whatever God that you choose to serve is having that understanding of, okay, if my belief in God is strong, the belief that I have that I want my, how I want my life to kind of like be is strong as well and the two just go hand to hand and so um i remember i couldn't get a job as like a teacher or anything because most of them said oh you don't have any experience i was like okay so my aunt barbara basically was like why don't you apply to be a substitute teacher so i was like okay whatever you know it's, it's money and i'm not really doing anything um at this moment so i said say less so I got that type of experience and exposure. And I remember being out of school one day and I just wrote a letter to God, like I said, and I was like, this is what I want. This is what I wanted by, please make this happen. And everything just started to unfold. And it's just like, you know, it happened with me in college. It happened um, in high school and middle school. And I think that was just the connection that I had was believing that God will make it happen, but he's going to put me in the path to make it happen. That makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Um, also, I wanted to tell you real quick, this, this has absolutely nothing to do with the subject, but my computer is demon-possessed, so mm -hmm. there's a chance that I may cut out in the midst of this interview. If I do, Give a monologue, which I may ask you for a monologue anyway at some point. Oh, my 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 phone is going in and out too. Well, we're just gonna make it ride. We're just gonna let it ride until you know it doesn't <laughs> ride no more. 
I might even ask you. Oh my God. Is, this is like the worst time to do this. It's all good. You're, you're coming in clearly. Okay, great. And also, I might even ask you for bars because I saw a hip hop writer on your resume. Oh no. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's on my resume for real? Yeah. I like, I, I don't do that seriously. I need to get that off my resume. I, I think I've done that like one or two times. I'm not comfortable rapping. <laughs> I really don't remember. I don't I don't think it's on there. Well, let's check that out. It is. You see, I, mm-hmm. unlike a lot of podcast hosts out there, I do my homework. Hmm. That's right. I believe in doing my homework. You know what I mean? Okay. You know how many times I've been on a podcast and they'd be like, uh, so Adrian Quarles, what do you oh, do? Oh, no. Yeah, that would. I was like, this is what I do. I smack myself and waste my time with you. That's what I do. That's sad. Now, let's get into your work. Let's get into your work. Um, your uh, two other things that's on your resume is for color girls mm-hmm. who have considered that suicide was enough. I believe that's the full title of it, right? Say that again. Um, the full title of the piece is for color girls who have determined that suicide was not who enough. considered suicide. Yeah, who have considered that suicide was not enough, right? Hmm. What was that experience like? Was that before or after Tyler Perry dropped the movie? That was way before that. I think that was when I did that. That was back in 2011. And when did the movie? Do you know when the movie came out? So I think it was like 2009-ish. Oh, okay. So it was after. Um, Let's go to the Google. That experience was... Uh, and <laughs> that was... Uh, that was a... Uh, that was an experience. I'm gonna say this. Uh, Latoya Green, she cast me. It was at Southwest Community College in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, I was really nervous about auditioning for the production for many reasons. And uh, for the audition, me personally, I don't think I did that well. But you know, she was willing to give me a chance and to experience it. I think what really got me was the outside. Uh, we had a rehearsal. The rehearsal was over and collectively all the um, women of color were just talking about their experience, like their personal experiences outside of the character that they did. And I think that's what really kind of, I'll never forget that moment. I mean, these actors were sharing with me, well, with everyone, just everything that they've gone through. And at the time I was 19 and I was going through like a really, really bad breakup, but it wasn't really anything compared to like certain topics that they were discussing. So uh, it was good. It was therapeutic for me to kind of, um, I played Lady in Red and uh, Lady in Red, if uh, some people aren't familiar with the uh, piece, she was basically dealing with a man who didn't really want her. And at that time, I was in the kind of like the same situation. And uh, it was just, I don't know, like therapeutic, like everything just kind of worked itself out. And I would definitely do it again. 
I would definitely. So, so, so you could say that um, while doing that piece, and Tyler Perry did the movie in 2010. Okay. You could say that while doing that piece, you could, you, Georgetta, could find a bit of a connection with uh, the lady in red. And that allowed you to even more put a authentic. Yeah, uh, uh, a sense of authentic. Some full, some definitely full authenticity into your performance. It did. It really did. That sounds like the preparation system of my man Stanislavski. Mm, it is too. Yeah, that's how, that's what he was um, teaching is to, you know, tap into your uh, your personal being and connect to the character. I just thought about, I, I, I talked with a friend of mine earlier today and I said, though I don't want to see no more slave movies except for Booker T. Washington, um, um, Booker T. Washington, Frederick Douglass and Sojourner Truth. After them, no more state movies. But if I had a chance, I would totally play a house Negro. Mm. Because, you know, I, I think that it would be a great stretch for me artistically to be that big of a butthole. Right? Mm. So if I was to utilize Sanslowski's system, I'm like, okay, how do I make myself, how do I go there being this? House Negro, what do I have to like find a do I have to like find a mental space where I don't like black people or something? What do I do? I think you would probably find a space where maybe you didn't feel as accepted by your people, or maybe you didn't feel as accepted by um uh non-blacks. I feel like you could kind of internalize that feeling of not feeling accepted or not you know feeling worthy maybe not necessarily with your people but with pe- non-people of color mm. kind of like get that anger I don't know that's actually a really, really good question I think that well for one thing the, well, for one thing the thing not to do is watch Django and try to copy Samuel L. Jackson so what I said I've never seen that movie. You never seen Django? Mm-mm. That movie's almost been out for a decade. You haven't seen it? I've never seen it. I think um, because I'm kind of like that too. I, I don't like watching slave movies. I just don't. Uh, well, Django's I've never been a big fan. I I've seen Roots, but that was only because my grandmother forced me to watch Roots. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna sit your black tail down here and you gonna watch the history. Okay. Oh what uh no I've never seen that movie with Jamie Foxx. I know I, I heard it was a really good movie though with Jamie Foxx and Carrie Washington, right? Well Jamie Foxx and Carrie Washington did make a really great movie, uh Ray. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, uh Django was yeah. But See the thing. See the thing about Django. For one thing, I believe it was Tarantino's best movie, mm-hmm. and one could call it a slave movie. I don't think it is. It's a spaghetti western that utilizes um, the, the 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 world of slavery. Mm-hmm. 
I don't believe that I want to call I want to call it a slave movie. It's a it's a movie where a slave is kicking all types of butt, mm-hmm. killing white people. Mm. They're gonna burn down. They're gonna hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm spoiling it for you. You need to watch Django. Now you make me want to watch it. Is it on Netflix? Probably, but if you can't find it on Netflix, surely it's on YouTube movies. Okay. Yeah, so, you make me want to watch it. So, Tarant- so Quentin Tarantino, if you're out there, you happen to bump into this interview, you're welcome. Cut me a check. Cash up. My cash up information is in the scroller. Now, let's talk about what you're doing. How in the world <laughs> did you? I saw your um, I saw your scene from Teacher's Choice. Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm. As a teacher myself, mm-hmm. as a teacher myself, you know, I'm an actor who moonlights as a teacher during the day. As a teacher myself, I mm-hmm. felt that. I felt your character. I felt, let me, let me see. Oh, uh, real quick, let me see what was your character's name. Uh, your character's name, Dr. Dr. Athos. Athos? Oh, the director, Aki. Mr. Aki. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Uh, what was your character's name again? My character? Yeah. I, it was just Georgetta. <laughs> it was just my name. Yeah. It was okay. this, um, and my mother who played opposite of me, that was my mom who played uh, Miss Cardozo. What? Yep, that was, that was my mom. Hello. Shout out to Miss Love. family. Oh, snap. Shoot. Yo. Man, you got me wanting to like make a film where I'm talking like that to my mom. I couldn't find anyone. Like I, the the lady who I cast, she never got back to me, and I was running out of time. So I was like, "Mom, I need you to do me a favor." She was just like, "I mean, if you coach me, <laughs> let's do it." <laughs> I would say you should have cast me, but you know, I ain't no uh, oh, I ain't no woman who's yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a woman, obviously. Um, where did you, where did you, where did you get the material for that? Because you was talking, like, you were, I know you, co- I know you helped write it, right? Yeah, I wrote it. You wrote it. So, yes. only someone who has information about what teachers go through can give the type of response that you, in character, gave to your mom, in character. Um, it was, uh, I've worked in a school setting, like even in New York, I was working in school setting. And, um, I think a lot of that material just came kind of from my own personal experiences, as well as the teachers who, uh, I was working with, um, dealing with their stories and also being a substitute teacher. A lot of the times, well, not a lot of the times, but in my case, I would have to speak with parents about certain things that would happen in class. So I think all that kind of like, I had all that information to like work with my personal experiences, uh, as well as you know interacting with parents, and then uh, just the teachers just talking and venting to me about you know certain things that have happened in the classroom. And I'm sure you like just being a teacher, you just see all types of like kids and like what they go through, or you know, knowing the backstory and stuff like that. Uh, so that's where I got most of the information from was from the other teachers. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have stories. I, I, I was just saying, parents out there, if you um want to procreate, bring in children to the world, please make sure you got yourself together. Make Hello. Sure you everything together. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, condoms, birth pills, they exist. <laughs> babysitting can also be um, added to the list if you're a babysitter and you see what you have to go through as a parent, like a young, that's a good concept. Yeah, like, yeah, like <clears throat> having to having to deal with that has me like very cautious about whenever I procreate. There's a reason why I'm 35 and not parent yet. It's okay. Not, I'm not in a rush. No, I'm in no rush. Right, I'm not in a rush. Okay. Is it expensive? <laughs> they are. Now, um, these, the comedy skits that you did that I saw, the comedy skits, the clips, Um, did, did you write those too? Which clips? Um, can you name the clips? Like, uh, detective. Number one. Number one. The <clears throat> where you drink your vinegar. The bur- the drink vinegar for birth control. Oh, uh, that was funky. That was not written by me. That was written by oh my god. <laughs> um, that was written by a great writer, and I cannot think of her name right now, but it was written by her and. Uh, She's a. She's also based in. I believe she's in um, Missouri. Well, it was it was performed greatly by you because your your your, your facial mannerisms. <laughs> you said I ain't pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, dang, yo, that that was Georgia's. That was Georgia's Memphis side. That was the hood. That was the hood. That's Memphis. what they say. Yeah. So uh let's see, let me run another one by you. Um whose idea was it for you to be an undercover detective that dad gonna leave your gun in the leaves your handcuffs in the car? Oh my god, that is um Miss Detective, right? Yeah. Um that was actually all improv. Mr. Aki, and I worked with Mr. Aki for years. Shout out to Mr. Aki. Um we were at the University of Memphis. We were supposed to film something, but I think the other actor just never showed up. So the other guy and I, uh, who played like the, the criminal, we were like, let's just like improv something. And we just like were bouncing ideas off of each other. And so that's how all that happened. So all that was just improv. It was beautifully improv. It, it was like y'all had rehearsed it a bunch of times and locked it down. <laughs> no. <laughs> I appreciate that, but no, I really appreciate that. The way you just said that, there's that Memphis. Yes, there's that Memphis. Let that Tennessee shine. Yes, it's shining. Memphis, Tennessee, Orange Mound. Hallelujah, praise Jesus. There you go. There you go. Don't make these New Yorkers have you saying shining. It's shining. They can't do That's right. Um, Let's see. Another thing that I would like to bring... Nothing I want to discuss. Um, I have a dream. I, uh, I have a dream and a streetcar named Desire. First, I have a dream, and you narrated it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so 
I take it that that was um, that was uh, an independent piece that was uh, locally written, right? And it was based, and I'm going to guess, but it was based off of Martin Luther King's speech. Yes, it was. It was basically um, the concept of because of what he did, this is how um, this is how we are as people. We are able to be successful, go to college, um, interact. Uh, people who don't look like us and so I was just narrating I would pretty much just set the scene up as the narrator and then they would just perform the scene so um, I think one scene it was Dr. Martin Luther King and he was getting ready to actually deliver his uh, I Have a Dream speech and uh, so that's just you know that was years ago that was back in I think 09 do you feel um do you feel a certain alignment with um with with telling the story of Dr. King seeing as how he met the end of his life in your hometown? Mm. Um, you mean alignment, like do you mean like do I have like a certain like a certain type of connection? Or like what do you mean? That's what I mean, a connection. I'm sorry. I'm having 35 moments. My bad. Um. <laughs> I I have a connection in the sense of the uh, I, like it, it's history there. It's just rich history there. Uh, I, that's my connection, and as well as just being able to just be able like to be able to live my dream personally. That's my other connection that I have with him because he just wanted the black people to live freely and that's what he did so that's my connection to uh to the speech to him to memphis how that all tied in just like richness of the history even though it was fatal but you know it was still so happy all right so tell me about your experience in streetcar named desire because you know tennessee williams you know what i'm saying <laughs> that was an experience because the director um he was very, he was kind of hard on me when I was doing that like that was probably very stressful it was a good experience because I learned a lot I learned um to deal with a director who was very strict very anal and that kind of like put me into the, like the professional uh aspect of acting because that was just for a um an acting class but still it was uh it was still something stressful did you have like a even though it was for an acting class did you feel like a connection to this particular story um no I didn't that's a good question you know what yeah um how can how can you how can you uh, connect with someone named Blanche you said what? How can you connect with someone named Blanche? <laughs> I actually like that name, Blanche. That's a cute name. Well, is it? Well, okay, so it is a T, a Tennessean name. Yeah. Um, too wrong. So I haven't watched BET in a long time. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, BET is not on my list of things to watch when I do watch TV. 
So too grown, is it like on BET the regular channel or BET Plus or like or like web It's BET Plus. So you can find it on YouTube by just typing in Too Grown BET. So it'll be two space grown space BET. Uh and it's on BET Her, which I'm really honestly not too familiar with. But um it's like a web series. Yeah. But you're on there talking about Black Misfit. Yeah, I am. Mark John Jeffries is my nephew. And he's having his Black Misfit. And, right. So you have to watch it. Because Mark John Jeffries is enough said on that part. Uh, right. Well, well, I, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know who Mark John Jeffries was. Uh, it is. Mark John Jeffries is. Um, he was in some commercials as a Losing kid. Isaiah. I was getting to that. I know, but you were, you know, I was trying to help stop. Thank you. Oh, he was Lil Cease in Notorious. Oh my God, yeah. Um, he was, uh, he was in the, he was in the Tracy Morgan show, uh, Tracy Morgan's first sitcom, the Tracy mm-hmm. Morgan show, prior to the, uh, prior to the, Joints he did NBC. Anyway, my point is, I know John, Mark John Jeffries is. I was wondering how the heck is he able to play your nephew? You're younger <laughs> than him. It's possible. Like nephews and nieces, uh, no, uncles and nieces and nephews can be close in age. One of my best friends, he is 28, and his oldest nephew is 18 or 19. So it's possible to be close in age. It is, but he's still older than you are. Yeah, but you're still like close to age. Like it's possible. Like I know it's possible. It's possible. Like my dad is like three year, only three years younger than my great aunt, who happens to be his aunt. Mm. Both of us can't stand her, but <laughs> that's but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. But so um. So you have been on network TV. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why I told you. I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. Oh my goodness! Uh, not yet. All right. Let's speak it into existence. I am. You're a celebrity. That's right. I received that. I do. I received that. You're going to. Um. Does the does the idea of reality TV uh, interest you? Not at all. The only way I will ever do reality TV is if I am set in my career, I'm about to retire maybe, and I have like a black Kardashian moment where I have my family and just like film and document what my family and I do. But in terms of like getting my start, I would prefer not to. I was about to say, you could like do a um Do a, do a do a do a do a reality show called Bed Bugs or something. Bed Bugs. That's the first thing I could think of that you know plays off of your last name. No, I don't think anyone would tune into that honestly. But that's a good start. Bugs Bunny. No, because I I, I would get sued. It's true. So that's a bad idea. Well, tell me what. Well, tell me, um, what type of, what type of devices and techniques do you 
use to um, gain the character? Um, depending on the character. So let me see. I played a 22-year-old. No, let me not. Um, let me do something recently. Okay, I was in this film about a month ago, and I played a mom, and um, my daughter would not put on a mask. So, you know, I'm not a mother yet, so I couldn't really just tap into how it is to be a mom. However, I'm a nanny, so I know how it is to be around kids. So I just kind of take, I, I, I make my list. My One of my acting teachers, Ron Gephardt, always said, make a list of your character and make a list of who you are and try to compare the two. And um, then try to figure out who that person is. So you're going to use some elements of yourself, then you're going to use some elements of what you can take from your character. So how I break it down is I read it, and if it does, if it's not really uh, specific in anything, I give them, uh, I give them age, where they're from, what's their favorite color, and it kind of like reminds me of when um, Viola Davis was talking about how uh, Meryl Streep was asking her something about her character, like, "Oh, where's your character from, or what's your character's favorite color, or something like that." And so I watched that too, and I was like, okay, you know, I need to really start doing this as well. So that's kind of how, like, I dive deep. And um, my mother always says, depending on the piece, if it's like a period type of piece, I do my research. I do my research. Like, um, it was a period piece that I did. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but... I have a dream. Say, for instance, it's like, oh, no, the the show I just did my own personal show, Senior Living. That was a period piece because uh, if you see the show, most of the flashback scenes are back in the day. 1950s and the 1970s is what I was really working on. Um, so I had to do my research on that. And then the actors, because I filmed it in New York, most of the actors, well, all of the actors were from New York. So I was like, I need you to have a Southern accent. So they were like, oh, well, how do I get a Southern accent? Your research, watch YouTube, listen to the diet. Anybody, any actor out there who is trying to talk with a Southern accent, number one, we, all of us Southerners, sound different. See, we in North Carolina sound more articulate than any other Southerners. Mm. I'm joking. I didn't know that. I was joking. I was about to say, I was about to give it to, I was going to give it back to you, but I was like, no, let me not. (laughs) I mean, I'm saying we got, we got little brother, y'all got eight ball MJG. Mm -hmm. Which, 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 uh, eight ball MJG. They are, uh, they are, uh, legends. Um, but that is a dope way to get in the character. Like, that's the way I direct. Like, when I'm directing, I, uh, tell my I tell my um, actors to write biography and personalize the character so that they can come off the off the page and into your psyche. If you're just memorizing lines, it's then you have missed, missed like seventy percent of the experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. you get to meet a person and become said person. See, another thing is. 
those of you who are out there watching, when you're acting, you're not pretending. You have to embody that new person. You are yes, you are telling a story. You are using yourself, your body, your voice, your strat, your stature to tell a character's particular story. Um so let's talk about not so friendly. That's the first episode of, of, of um, my web series, Senior Living. What do you want to know? I want to know how did this web series come to you? Okay. So my grandfather actually used to live in a, um, a senior living facility. And I remember visiting him one day. And it was these two old ladies. They just kept at it. And I just felt like that was just funny. You know, I just, I, I felt like it was funny. My mother always says, if you don't know what to write, write what you know, or write what you've seen, or write what you've experienced. So I just remember going home that night. I typed up the first episode, Not So Friendly, Senior Living. Actually, it was just one episode. And um, so I typed it up and uh, I called my best friend and I was like, hey, can you read, can you read this uh, with me? And he was like, all right, cool, what up? So I sent it to him and how he was reading it, it was just so funny because, you know, he was like trying to sound like an old lady. And so, you know, I'm, reading, I'm like, oh, you know, this is actually kind of funny. But I didn't think anything of it. And I just kind of left it alone for like a year. And so um, right before COVID hit, uh, one of my acting friends reached out and he was like, you know, I really need help at uh, writing my own script. I'm trying to write like a, I think he said, a story about his life or something. So, you know, I'm like giving him some type of advice. You know, he's writing stuff down, and blah, blah, blah. So like at the end of our meeting, I said, you know what, I'm a writer too. And he was like, oh, really? What have you written? So, you know, I pulled up like a few scripts and he just loved senior living. So the first thing he says was, let's do it. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, cause you know, you always, you just, it's, it's always hard to find people to actually like want to work you and stuff like that especially if you don't really have a name for yourself and you know you don't have like the company behind you or anything and so I was like okay we'll do it so COVID hit he's still calling me up like oh okay um you we're still gonna do this in May but that was like the height of COVID last year and I was like nothing's open and you know you know nothing we can't like do anything so it was last of August when we started to film everything just kind of like came together but the inspiration from senior living was my grandfather's uh living facility your grandfather's living facility you know i think that's really dope because i would say this blessed are those who invest in people before they have a big name hello yes you know, I like it when someone like see it, it, it's kind of like investing in a small company on the stock market. You see potential in them. You see the potential in the company. You see the potential in the artist, in the person. And you know what they're capable of. You know what uh, this what this product that you invested in on the stock market is capable of. Don't try to take credit when um, when you blow up and you like become a name. 
when you got Georgetta Bugs um, in in lights. Don't even take credit. Period. Just try, just try and invest in your life and in your in, in your hustle, and watch you and watch you soar like the phoenix. What if so many? What if so many fellow artists out there, out here did some did stuff like that? Instead of acting like it's me against you, me against you, me against you. No, there's plenty of room at the table for everybody. And if you want to get to the table, what brings you to the table? Preparation, work, and consistency, and an imagination that lets you walk inside a senior living facility and find uh, the inspiration for a web series out of that. I gotta admit, if I saw two old men fighting, that would be the funniest thing ever. It was. <laughs> Except for this time it was ladies. It was funny. I would kill you, you mother... So what does the future look like for you? The future, I'm speaking it into existence right now. Um, the future looks very bright for me. I'm going to continue to write, continue to audition. One day I will be in theaters, um, on the big screen, on TV. Uh, and uh, just trying to make a name for myself, helping also educating people who want to get in uh the business and uh, that's my future it's just kind of creating a space for me and uh, creating a space for women of color and creating space mental space for people of color because I think that's very important as well so you don't want to create no space for black men I just said people of color oh sound like you said women of color my baby no, I did say women, but when I when I said people, I meant everybody, and of course the black men. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, I feel like I'm a little hurt right now. <laughs> men are gonna watch that and be like, "Oh my god, this woman, she doesn't like black men." No, but no, people of color, men, women, yeah. Um. We talked before before this episode. We talked a little bit about the um, the in the heist controversy, and you had you say you haven't seen it yet. Have you? I haven't have seen. It? It. I should have. That was my homework, so we could talk about it. I know we're gonna. You're gonna have to like invite me back so we can discuss it. Yeah, I want you to come back because I want I want to build a rapport and a connection <laughs> with you, so that you won't forget a brother when you do blow up. You wait. We're going to blow up together, so I don't even know what you're talking about. Talking about, I'm going to forget you. You're going to be right there with me. I'm down with With your own big podcast, having all these other big names on there. And we're going to revert back to this conversation. And I'm going to be like, see? We're up here together. That's right. I'll be be podcasting before I go see the premiere of a film that that I was in. Hello. Yeah, I'm the type of person that tries to do all that. I would like to drop a, I would like to drop a mixtape and a film and open the play all on the same day and do a podcast about all three of them. 
Mm. Yeah, I it's got possible. Both. It's possible. It's not whether you can do it. It's just how much energy and time and effort you're going to put into it. That's all. Well, God has allowed me to have this youthful glow in which I don't look like my age. So it's like I've been given a little bit of time. <laughs> I've been given a little, I've been given more time to make things happen. Black don't crack. No, it does not. No, it does not. Um, and yeah, it really, it no, it doesn't because you really don't look 29. You, I thought you were like 22. Stop. Stop it. People gonna be on here like, why is he lying to that girl? <laughs> first, I, I received that. I received that. First, you don't do no roles. First, you don't have no roles. Well, black man, now you, mm. I got nothing but that. Nothing but that. I'm sorry, my feelings. We're gonna see. We're, we're gonna we're gonna see. We're gonna take a poll. But thank you. I received that. Now you for real don't look your age. I told you that when I first met you. How do you think how how did you say I look again? About 25, 26. Thank you. Now thank you. Appreciate that. Now I'll be 36 September. September. You're a Virgo or a Libra? Don't ever call me that that dirty, nasty, horrible, demonic L word ever again. No, no. Okay, you're a Virgo. I like Virgos. I like Libras too. I can't stand Libras. Forget them. Ooh. Hopefully, none of your own listeners are Libras. I feel offended. Well, if well, if you're out there and you're a Libra, your mama's cock guy. So, oh, <laughs> uh, when's your birthday? What's your sign? I'm a Capricorn. The best of the best. Watch it now. Uh, when's your birthday? January 13th. So, okay. Okay. You know what? I can rock with you because that's actually my grandmother's birthday. I love that's and I love my grandmother and miss her very much. Mm. So, see, you were, you were born on an ordained, special, powerful day. The legend's birthday. It is my Two legend's birthdays. Yeah. So shout shout the Capricorns, which you know the sign that I seem to get along with the most is Cancers. Um. So, anyways. Yo, it's the L word signs that be tripping. Leos and Libras, they the ones be tripping. Leos, I have. A weird relationship. I've actually only known two Leos in my life. Probably more, but from what I know, they're actually, I think the thing about Leos is they are, they can be cocky. Like, I really do think that all Leos are cocky. Like, for real. Well, my mom is a Leo and she don't really seem all that cocky. Really? Like, what type of characteristics does your mother have? Because I'm really curious about this Leo stuff. Because Leos get a bad rep. My mom is basically a female, a female, a female, an older female version of me. Mm. Okay. I don't have a problem with Leo. You have a problem with Leos? I don't have a problem with Leo. I do. Leos could eat poop. But a lot of people don't too much care for Leos. 
So I just what they mean, yo. I don't I don't know. My my interactions with the Leos that um were in my life weren't necessarily bad. However, with one it wasn't necessarily good either. (laughs) I I don't have a problem with Leos. But let's get off the topic of, of zodiac signs before we offend people and dive into a whole nother story about I why mean, we don't too much care for the signs. I mean, you've been nice to the signs. I've been mean. Um, I'm just, real real, real quick, I gotta say, watch out for them Geminis. They're known for being bipolar. So. Yes. Yeah. So, um, what's gonna be the next episode of not really, uh, not friendly, not, not so friendly? You mean senior living? So senior living is the title oh, of the show. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. I'm yeah. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Is the name of the show not so friendly or senior living? It's senior living, but the first episode is called Not So Friendly. Okay, so when's the next episode gonna drop? And what's it gonna be like? Okay, so <laughs> actually. I did a. I just did a season. I just did three episodes. So I am still testing the waters with Senior Living, trying to put it on some more platforms. It's on this platform called TheLift.com, where you can watch all three episodes. Um, also, filmmakers who want to submit their films or web series or whatever, you can submit on that website. They're having a film competition come up shortly. Um, it's on YouTube and uh, it's on my Instagram. All three of us. So I'm still trying to promote it and get it out. And then if it does better, I don't think it is bad, but if it does better, like more views and everything, people are more invested in it, then that's when I'll start a season two with more episodes and um, hopefully more live. Are there any like big names out there that you want to work with at some point? Oh my, yes. Like on on my show or just in general? In general. I would love to work with Viola Davis. I would love to work with Queen Latifah. I've always pictured Queen Latifah being my mother in a movie. I just, I don't know what it is. It's just, she always gave me that motherly vibe. Um, Queen Latifah. Huh? Even when she was playing Cleo. Were you Cleo? Are you talking about on set at all? Yeah. Yeah, Queen Latifah. Was she playing? Was she giving motherly vibes as Cleo? Oh no no no! (laughs) I I, I misunderstood what you said. No, of course not. Oh God. But I want her to play my mother. I don't know what it is, but um, Viola Davis, yes. Um, let me see who else. That was a really good question. Um, I've always wanted Denzel Washington to, um, I've always wanted to be in a movie with him. And uh, and I've also, regardless of how cliche it sounds, I would love to work. Tyler Perry. And I would love to work with Spike Lee. 
So I'm, I'm putting that out there. So, um, after watching her in, after watching her in, um, in Francis, I would kind of like to see, I would kind of like Viola Davis to portray my lover in the movie. You know she'll be taking up taking the role of a cougar. She is just the epitome of an actress. She is. Um, I would love for Erica Badu to also play my love interest. Mm-hmm. I would love for a Taraji P. Henson to play my love interest as well. These are all beautiful women. Yes, they are. I kinda want J Lo to play my love interest as well. Oh, not Jay. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, let's see. Um, I can't really think of many um, famous famous actors I would like to work with because I'm busy trying to become one of them. And one day we will get there. So, and then people will people will have interviews and they will say, "I would love to work." Adrian. And I would love to work with George <laughs> We just have well, to speak it into existence. Well, I would like to say right here on ADQ's Renaissance, we should connect and work together. Yes, you're in New York and I'm in North Carolina, but airplanes exist. They do. Which, I wonder if they have to be vaccinated to fly. Since when? I don't know. I, don't, I haven't. I haven't flown in a long time. I was wondering if you had. To I be flew about two weeks ago. You didn't have. They didn't. You didn't have to show proof of vaccination. But I do. I think I heard that. Like maybe in October, you have to show proof in order to fly. But don't quote me. If you don't mind me asking, uh, did you get? Did you get the needle? Did I get the vaccination? Yeah. I did. I haven't yet. I'm scared of it. Listen, it's, it's really a personal thing. Um, I work with kids, so in different families, so I, I thought it was best for me to get it. Well, I know that if I want to live this theater life that I've been living for the better part of show, it's 2021. Uh, for the better part of my adulthood, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to get that. I'm going to have to get that liquid in my arm. But you know what? Till then, till the till I actually get that going on, or till um, it becomes a regulation to fly places, still we need to work together. Mm-hmm. I think that with your acting skills, I think that with your skills, um, you would greatly compliment something that I write. Mm. Oh, for real. Um, so let's see. I asked you earlier what the future looks like. What um what what quote? I'm gonna start asking my guests for a quote. What, mm. what would you say 
keeps you going on your particular path of dominance. Mm. What quote keeps me going? Um, I like the quote, work on your dream or you'll be working for someone else's. That's one that kind of keeps me going. Um, Another one is believe in yourself or no one else will. And I think my favorite one, I don't know who said it, but I saw it on Facebook, is the best thing I ever did was believe in myself. I think that's probably one of the greatest quotes that I can think of right now. And that quote basically explains, or basically is saying that um, even if no one believes in you, you have to believe in yourself. And with your belief in yourself, go as far as the stars. Well, Georgia, I believe in you. I believe in you too. Thank you. You're actually subscribed to my YouTube channel. Unlike the rest of y'all jabronis out there. (laughs) So I see that you believe in me. I greatly appreciate that. So as we wrap this up here, um, if somebody wanted to cash you, um, get help for writing, um, audition for you as you give roles to uh, people of every single color except for black men. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to write a specific piece for my black men. I mean, I, I will one. really do that for you guys. That one right here, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Just don't tell me to cut my hair. I look too good with these braids. Um, I got you. Appreciate The you. hair stays. Yes. Um, but but if anybody wanted to do that or just connect with you in any sort of that or connect with you in any sort of way, how can they do that? Um, you can send me a message on Facebook, and that is basically my name, which is right there at the bottom, the mm-hmm. bottom left, Georgia Bugs, or Hit my email, which is which is G like George, C like Cat, and then my last name Bugs at Gmail. Nice. So G C Bugs at Gmail. We can go from there. Nice. And anybody who is a part of Georgia's world, if you happen to want to, if you happen to want to connect with me, my email is adq4christ at gmail.com. Avenue ADQ um, underscore 85 on Twitter. Dion Chocolate God 85 on Instagram. And even though I'm fasting from Facebook, hopefully forever, but for but right now for a month, Adrian Dion Quarles on Facebook. A-D-R-I-A-N D-I-O-N Q-U-A-R-L-E-S. Please don't call CIA on me. Georgia. Yo, I gotta say, um, it was great talking to you. I feel like I made a new friend. I know I made a new collaborator. Um, how are how are people able to talk to you and not be completely hypnotized by your radiating personality? It is a mystery. But I know I'm going to see you at the top and I know that we're going to climb to the top together. I want to tell you that you are a much needed, much necessary, much beloved, and a glowing member of the Renaissance. Our people 
black people, not people of color, our people are better because of you. Uh, all your other colors, whatever. Black people are better because of you. I received that. Thank you. Thank you. And your homework is to go watch In the Heights because I want to talk to you. I want to talk to my friend Lauren. I want to talk to whoever will be willing to talk to me about the controversy because personally, who don't know what I think about the whole In the Heights controversy? I want to know. So what? I want to know. Okay, so the In the Heights controversy is centered around colorism, right? Anthony Ramos, who is a very light-skinned Puerto Rican person is playing a Dominican, right? Mm. Most Dominicans look like us, right? Mm. So, people are mad at Lin-Manuel Miranda because of the lack of representation of Afro-Latinexes up in there. You know, mm-hmm. black people who got some, who got some Spanish speaking in their DNA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, the lack of uh, Spanish speaking, I'm, let me say this again. The lack of Afro Latinx people who are as dark as you and me. Um, and I hate they responded with that BS apology saying, I'm sorry, I hear you. I hope I'm not jeopardizing your theatrical future because you're closer, closer to where he is than I am. Mm-hmm. But, yo, I'm off wherever I want to. I'm sorry. I hear you. I'm going to do better. This is coming from a man who cast black people to be the founding fathers. A.K.A. slave owners. Mm-hmm. So, so, <laughs> so he knows exactly what he's doing. So I would say to any black person out there, Especially where you're at, because you're actually close to the Washington Heights. If you saw in the Heights and you were feeling some type of way about it because of lack of representation, we're black people. As black people, we existed 250,000 years before the first ever white gene came to be. We started this earth and we built this country. You think we can't write our own daggone play about Washington Heights? Yo! Write your own musical about Washington Heights. Don't lean upon, don't lean upon the Puerto Rican elitist to write a story about you. Because you may be Afro-Latinx, but also, but besides the Latinx, you're also Afro, African, Black. That creating dope things is what we have done since the beginning. Amen? Amen. So, I would say, yo, during during one of our inaugural conversations, you said representation matters, right? It does. It does, but it doesn't always result in liberation. It doesn't. Because sometimes someone who is being the representer turns into a house Negro and sells out and assimilates. So me, I'm more of a proponent for liberation. Black people, I'm sure there's enough black people in Washington Heights to get together and write their own musical. I know there is. So there you go. Tell your people in Washington Heights who 
were as chocolate as you and me yeah. get to work. And I would like to say that um, Toni Morrison hated, she hated Hamilton so much that she helped fund this play called The Haunting of Lin-Manuel Miranda, <laughs> which is not ever going to touch Broadway. It'll be all Broadway, but it's never going to touch Broadway because Lin-Manuel Miranda made Broadway too much money. I hope I did not describe uh, destroy either of our careers. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you're educating people right now. I am, and you know, speaking as a man who has friends of multiple ethnicities, I go to a white, I go to a predominantly white evangelical church where I uh, just joined up with the production team today. Yeah, um, I hung out with a friend of mine who is part who is of the Roma people. Um, but I am pro black, 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 love being black. And I just want to say, yo, yo, ever since colon, ever since ever since colonialism, we have been in a subservient position where we've been out here looking for scraps, looking for handouts, and looking for representation from people who had no desire to elevate us as a people, and we need to stop. RBG, not no daggone Ruth Bader Ginsburg, no, RBG, red, black, green. Red because our blood is the original blood, black because our melanin is the original, is the original of melanin. I mean, the person person walked this earth was, was probably darker than you and me. And green because the earth that we populate. I say all that to say we have the power in us when we realize it to create our own if you don't believe me come to winston-salem go to the black history uh, i mean go to the uh black theater festival too so with that being said do you have anything you would like to add before i really piss on off for dinner i really appreciate you having me like i really do thank you scheduling me, reaching back out, keeping me in the loop and I wish you nothing but success. I wish you nothing but success and hopefully I'll be blessed to partake in some of your success. You will. because I'm, I'm bringing I appreciate you well and that well on that note thank you very much Queen. I will talk to you I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, that was easy. Right there. <laughs> All right. I'll holler at you. All right, bye. Peace. And my people, you have just tuned in to ADQ's Renaissance. Um, Coming up next, who do we got next? We're going to try to get Jermaine Studwell on here. Yeah, Jermaine Studwell owes me an interview, so we're going to try to get Jermaine Stubwell on here. Uh, Manaza, we're going. Manaza is going to come back. And we're going to talk about um, the richest man in Babylon. We're just going to keep doing those stuff, and we are going to find Allen the Fourth Walls. Thank you for tuning in to ADQ's Renaissance. I am ADQ. Thank you. Peace. Ashe. God bless. Stay black. If you're not black, stay dope. Peace. Thanks.
Hello. I'm sorry I'm late for our appointment. Uh, yes, Miss Cardoza. Um, we were supposed to meet today at four. That was two hours ago. Um, I'm actually about to leave. Is it possible to reschedule for tomorrow? No, it's not possible. I work every day. I work long hours. I get off late. I need to talk to you about my grandson, Trevor. What about him? Well, he's coming home, crying, telling me that you're sending him out of the classroom, you're sending him to the principal's office, and you're embarrassing him in front of his friends. So I guess he doesn't tell you the words behind my actions. Now, does he, Miss Cardoza? Your grandson disrupts my classroom. He bullies some of the other kids in class. He says whatever is on his mind. He has no filter. He's very inappropriate. That's the reason why I send him out of class. You just don't like him. I don't know what you have against my grandson. You just call him a troublemaker? Maybe not at home he's not a troublemaker, but in my classroom he is. I see your grandson every day, and I see how he disrespects everyone in the classroom, which is uncalled for. Now, if you would like to make a game plan on how to eliminate this behavior, then you and I can talk for a while. But if not, then I suggest you leave. Excuse me? You heard me, Miss Cardoza. Look, I'm not here to paint your grandson out to be the bad guy. I'm just simply telling you the reasons why I write him up and send him out of class. This is the reason why I wanted to sit down and talk to you, to see if we can eliminate this behavior. Your grandson is a very bright kid with so much potential, but you can't tell by the way he acts in my classroom. You know what? I don't believe a thing that you're saying about him. He's a good kid. He comes home. He helps me with the dinner. He helps me with his sister who has mild functioning autism. If the neighbors need help, he helps the neighbors. He's a good kid. He's good at home. All right. Um, I see this conversation is getting nowhere, so if you don't mind, Miss Cardoza, I would like to cut this meeting short. It's pointless. always harassing him. And I'm not having it. You want to know what I'm not having? I'm not having a person come into my classroom telling me how much I'm disrespecting their grandson. Telling me all the pros they do and how much of an angel they are. Now I get it. Some kids act out at school and tighten up at home. Been there, done that. What some of these kids go through at home, I have no control over. Whether it be good, bad, happy, or sad. But what I do have control over is how my classroom operates. And you know what? I'm not finished. I come to work every day with the same smile and positive energy for these kids, even when I don't feel like it. I'm not only their teacher, I'm their nurse, motivator, janitor, comedian, and sometimes even their parent. 
I work day in and day out to provide for these kids, even if it's not my responsibility. And all I ask for in return is some respect. Not a person coming up in my space telling me how I'm disrespecting their grandchild. Now I know with the help from parents and grandparents, we can help change the world. People ask me all the time, why did I decide to teach? Because of so much responsibility. And I look them in the eyes and I tell them, it's my choice. My choice to give these young people a chance. Well, maybe I do give him too much responsibility, you know. I, I, I guess I could cut back on some things. And, and maybe that's why he's acting out when he comes to school. All right. Now let's create a game plan. Over some coffee. Sounds good to me. Let's go. Now your grandson is a handful. You have to admit.